Hello and welcome to the first episode of City of Geek podcast. Yay! I am, yay. Uh, I am Bob Foster. And I am Cody Masco. And welcome to all our listeners, essentially our loved ones. Hi, and, Mom. And, uh, of course, my wife probably won't listen to this because she doesn't listen to podcasts. And probably Nicole <laughs> is probably listening. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. Um, so, you, well, this, yeah, this is our first episode, so everything's going to be a little rough as we kind of get the, the groove of things. Um, but first, we kind of wanted to say who we are. If you happen to come across and you're one of the few people listening or reading our site that aren't friends of ours already, um, City of Geek is something that we founded in the last week. Uh, there's actually three of us. Uh, me. Cody and Kim. Uh, Kim is currently in Philadelphia, so she won't be joining us tonight. But she hopefully will come back for other episodes. I hope so. Um, and we're looking to do on the the first and the fifteenth with a couple of different topics and you know catching up on things. Uh, you want to talk about the site itself? So the site itself, um, cityofgeek.com. We do have a Facebook page, all that good stuff. Eventually, we're gonna get into Twitter and whatnot. Uh, it's a site for geeks. It's pretty much anything and everything that we are passionate about. Um, obviously, horror movies. Bob and I are both into the horror community up and here Kim in Seattle. Too, yeah. And Kim. Yeah. Horror um, might be a focus, but it's not. The, it's not going to be the focus. Not the no defining. Um, not our defining issue. Uh, anything from you know pretty much what we like. You know, if we see a movie, we'll pull up a review. If we. Uh, play a video game i got the new nba 2k19 video game so i'll probably write something about that i will probably be the only one focusing on anything sports related but um i will throw up my terrible predictions once in a while and uh you can go back and laugh at them later and uh, so all three of us have uh worked for um well worked as indicates we got paid um wrote in, in or did things for um for other sites, including ones that we probably still will be active with. Um, I wrote for my own site at geeknamedbob.com for a while, which um, I fired myself um, <laughs> when we started this because it wasn't, uh, this is much better because we get to work with friends and uh, and we get more more content and more more stuff out there. Um, you can also find me on uh, watchplayread.com and also thanks to Jason for getting us into various screenings. Big shout out to Jason. <laughs> you're super cool and I hope you're listening to this. And, uh, and both of us, uh, all three of us, uh, do stuff with Crypticon. Yes. The Seattle's preeminent horror convention, the best in the Northwest, best oh. in the world, right? Uh, Heck yeah. We see us all on panels. Uh, I'm a judge of the film festival. Um, thank you for Eric for that. And, uh, who else have you written for? I have written for horrorandsons.com. I write once a year for them for their horror, um readers contest or well, that's not really a contest but it's um this year i'm actually writing a, a piece about creep show uh last year i wrote a piece about um alice from uh, nightmare on elm street uh i wrote briefly for morbidmovies.com um i don't know if they're still active or not i think the um, the owner has kind of transferred to doing more like film related stuff so good for you michael um and yeah i just i did panels at uh, Crypticon last year. It's kind of my first year as a panelist. I'm hoping you'll have me back. Fingers crossed. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge. And, uh, yeah. So I met uh, both Bob and Kim through Crypticon. I think we've all met kind of through that apparatus. And, uh, yeah, we've all met at the same place after that, after watching it uh, at Center Home about a year year ago around now. So, yep. this is a year, year of work, right? Um, and then, 
you know, she can't speak for herself now, but uh, Kim was uh, the supernatural horror honey. Uh, check out their magazine, Belladonna, to shut down recently, but all, yeah, all the issues are still there. So go pick that up. It's a great digital magazine, and you can probably still buy uh, physical copies because it's a way to go for, if you ask me, I'm more about physical media than oh, about yeah. digital media, um, as you can see from looking around. You can't, but Cody can. I can. Uh, <laughs> he's got some cool stuff here. Um, so, yeah, if uh, if I ever get broken into, I know I know who did it. It, it would probably Pro- be me. Or anyone who's been to my house. Yeah. Like, oh, cool shit. Um, so... Uh, also, since we did shout out to, uh, before we get to the meat of the matter and everything we'll be talking about, I do just want to give a shout out to all of our friends out in the, the community, especially in the Seattle, um, Pacific Northwest area who answered our various questions about how podcasting works or just simply people who've supported us along the way. So, uh, yeah, thanks to, uh, Tom Cornell and Lingley West at, uh, Bonus Material Podcast. Tom gave me a lot of, a lot of great advice. Um, same thing with the guys over at the Graveyard Podcast. Uh, Grave Plot Podcast, I'm sorry, guys. Grave Plot. I've been listening to everyone's episodes there, and they're kind of led us to get to this point. Um, and our good friends at Bone Bat, Steve and Gord. Uh, yeah, the force, speaking of Bone Bat, they just announced the date for next year's yeah. uh, festival. I, I, uh, I, I won't lie, I'm a, I'm a bit of a bigger guy uh and i definitely want to lose a little bit of weight because i want to go to uh to bone bat and not be like on my sifting around in my chair 24 7 but it was so worth it last last year despite how sore i was the next day yeah uh go to bone bat or uh, bonehand.net i think it is or just search bone bat you'll find there so uh they just do their podcast they talk about everything in the world but once a year in seattle at seattle seattle international film festival sif um, at the cinemas up there, uptown, they have 11 hours of horror comedy shorts and two features along with a band. Uh, next year will be the ninth year and it's set for the f- April 13th. Uh, it's a Saturday. Um, there's what I'm asking for, uh, for work now. <laughs> it's already in my, it's already in my schedule. Um, and then, um, and they're actually open for submissions now. So if you are a filmmaker of any sort, uh, just go to, go to their site and put it in for their, and uh, if you're interested in seeing everything else that's come to that festival, they still have the programs up for the last several years. I've been actually watching backwards through them, uh, watching because they have great taste. Uh, I've been two years. Everything I've played has been top-notch. Uh, some things are a little better than others, but nothing was, was awful. It's really amazing to have a 11 hours festival with 42 or 46 amazing shorts uh, with nothing in there sneaking up the lot. I, I was super impressed by that. Um, yeah, last year, I was my first year at Bone Bat. And, you know, when you're putting 11 hours into something, you're taking a day off work, you're hoping it's going to be good. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was it was great. Got to see that new Wolf Cop, um, that screen for the first time, and that was a complete surprise for me. Um, I also yeah, they played just, the first Wolf Cop, in, Wolf Cop in 2014 or 15, whenever it came out. So this year was another wolf cop. Another wolf cop. Which is just as much fun as the first one. And I like how they get shorts from around the world, too. You get, like, and you get, you know, the short kind of funny, you know, horror comedy ones, and you get, you know, the deeply serious ones. It could almost kind of almost be their own film. You, you, you do get kind of that, I, I really liked that uh, that Russian one they did, where the, it was the hitman, where he was the serial killer, and oh, yeah, he goes yeah, to the serial yeah. killer, and there's like... Another serial killer, and... That was a like a pick me up from the Masters of Horror, but in a different way. Um, yeah. 
And then uh, actually, one of the films they played last year, Garden Party, an animated film, was nominated uh, one of the five uh, picks for best animated uh, short at this year's Oscars. Because of course they play nearly all these, of course, play all around the world. Oh so yeah, 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 not like it's a bone bat exclusive. Uh, it didn't win uh, that uh, basketball one. Uh, one that was bad. I don't. Uh, every every year, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, man? yeah, that one. It was just a love letter for Kobe Bryant to Kobe Bryant, oh. by Kobe Bryant. But it won. Um, but uh, I would just like to point out for sports fans, Shaq won Kobe those rings. <laughs> I don't. I know those names. I don't know anything. <laughs> it's like Shaq, that guy from Steel and uh, Kazam, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I will watch anything he's in, and that will tie into a movie we're talking about later that I'm I'm ashamed to admit that I love as <laughs> oh, much yes. as I do. <laughs> the four movies he's in. I got that one and Blue Chips. Um, yeah. So later on, we'll be because uh, we're not just droning. We are going to talk about um, you know it's September already, but we're going to try and talk about some of the. Our favorite movies of this year, or least favorite, and some uh, some you know unsung gems that you might want to seek out that might not be in either end, but could be interesting to watch. So that's that's our goal is to eventually get there after kind of kind of introducing, giving else. our shout outs. I'll give a shout out to uh, my friend Nicole. Um, we mentioned her at the beginning, but she's always super supportive. Obviously, you know my friends, my family, uh, my fiance Carolyn, love you, honey. Um, and just, I, I'm going to give a shout out to both of the bonus material podcast, uh, guys, Langley and Tom. I never actually really talked to you guys about like recently, but at Crypticon, you guys go gave me some really good words of wisdom while I was completely out of it. Um, Which is most of the weekend. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, if you, uh, if you go to Crypticon and I'm there, I, I start drinking early on Saturdays. And, uh, I think everyone does. It's five <laughs> o'clock and we start going. Flasks them out, and so do the drink. Oh, shit, 5 o'clock? <laughs> I was drinking at, like, freaking 9 a.m. Oh, I meant Friday. Oh, yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so, of course, Crypticon's the, the best thing. You should come out to that, and uh, probably everyone listening to this has been to Crypticon. Yeah. Probably our friends. <laughs> probably but our once friends. Once you haven't turned it off already, he's like, all right, they got the view now. Oh, they got the listen, and then, all right, click off. Um, and then, uh, also do want to shout to Matt Ellison at Cinema Triforce, um, I did, this is my second podcast I've worked on, because the other one was with, with him, uh, guesting occasionally over the last couple of years. It's been a little while since my last one, um, so that's kind of learning there, and I know I'm saying, um, and speaking really quickly, so I do apologize to everyone listening. Um, it's okay, it's our, it's our first one. We're, yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have defined radio voices by the end of this. Radio voice. My friend Steve is the best radio voice. Um. Since we talk on, on the phone, I got go all the time. I, I mean, a insurance company we work for. Um, but anyway, uh, so that, yeah, that's who we are still looking at. Um, if you're still listening, 10 minutes in, thank you so much. Um, now, so before we talk about the what we've been watching, uh, so, so one of our favorite movies of the year or other things, what um, is there any particular news that you want to talk about or uh, um, things that happened recently in, in geekdom that we should come up with henry cavill out of superman yeah. what the hell it's that a... was like their best part i mean other than the other than gal gadot was wonder woman those were like the two and i really even like ben affleck but oh, it's affleck like is, when he when he announced i'm like no that no he would be a great batman and they all fit that they fit that trinity role well it's not their fault that the editors completely screwed batman versus superman <laughs> and justice league was absolutely terrible and the new aquaman looks good but Man, Jason Momoa looks like he's having a good time. He he's getting a lot of money for it. I mean, that was a that was kind of a shocker for me this morning. Um, 
just I'm more disappointed because DC, in theory, has better heroes than Marvel. I disagree, but to each their own. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely love the Justice League, and to see them just get bungled, um, I think that Marvel has just done a massively better job. I mean... Yeah, and that's no matter if... I, I love Marvel, but, you know, a lot of what they've done has been formulaic, and people have called out, and they, they've adapted. Like, they fixed the villain problem for the I, most part. I feel like Black Panther was definitely a response to that, you know? Uh, and well, then... But yeah, DC's just, like, stumbling on every way. Like, he keeps shooting himself in the foot, because... Well, like, I noted when I posted the, um, the article today, I linked to the article this morning on uh, City of Geek on the Facebook page. Uh, I didn't have time to write a full post about it. Um... That the, that in the article it's just quoted as like one executive keeps trying to push reset, but it's like it sounds like there's so many cooks in there that they're all what the one thing it's copy is it's do this it's work on this instead, rather than having a figurehead like Kevin Feige, who of course I'm sure he has what executives were spring his ear I'm sure oh, he's yeah. getting tons of notes in Disney but he's still like all right I'm gonna make these and I'm gonna do this away, and it seems like they have a lot more they Marvel has confidence in Kevin more than DC has confidence in anything they do. And they they tried, I think, to do that with Zack Snyder, and then when he had to bow out due to the family tragedy, um, I think that put too many cooks, like I said, too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, I thought Suicide Squad was just... Trash? What happened <laughs> there? I liked it the first time I watched it, because I, I was just happy to kill a croc, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Um, but I was just... It's them trying to be Guardians that wasn't really Guardians, and It just felt everything. like they were doing everything out of order. It's like, I would have... Well, they re-edited after the that trailer came out, and people liked the trailer, because the trailer used in Bohemian Rhapsody, and what had the Guardians feel, so they went back and I talked over you, I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, a, that's a fair point. That's pretty much my feelings in the movie, is that they really built it up as something that it wound up just never living up to, and that, that's really, this the DC Universe in general. I yeah. like the idea of them doing the Batman that had been on the streets for 20 years, I don't like the idea that you never really got any, any backstory. I mean, we all know what Batman is, but... Uh, yeah, we don't need to see that that backstory ever again. Yeah. Luckily, you know, talking about Marvel doing things better, where last time we introduced Peter Parker, it's like, oh, it's a long story, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, we know, we all know. It's Everybody <laughs> freaking knows. It's like, I liked that they, they did the Superman origin and him pulling into the larger universe, but they well, just bungled it from the start, and it was just... Well, actually, I like Man of Steel. Uh, I loved Man of Steel. That, you know, cause I think their individual stories have already been That's why I'm not too concerned about Aquaman. One, you have James Wan is directing it. James, Jason Momoa is always a blast to watch. Yeah. Wonder Woman was great. Man of Steel was 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 damn fine. If even if other people didn't like it, their individual efforts, separate from their trying to overarch story, <laughs> like I like Justice League more than you did, I think. But uh, I thought it was this meh. And I have my review up on Watch Play Read, where like a movie that's a movie that features Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, and long as everyone else shouldn't just be meh. meh. <laughs> it I fell asleep. Amazing. I fell asleep during that movie, and I've never actually fallen asleep during a movie. I um I fell asleep at the point where right after they fought Superman because it was just boring as hell. I woke up like 20 minutes later and... Uh, you didn't miss anything. I didn't miss anything. Yeah. It was... It's a whole other thing, but... How do you fuck... How do you mess that up? How do you just... I, I just... That's like... I, I, I'm just in <laughs> shock that they've managed to bungle it this far. And just have like... What I find interesting is like... It, 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 like watching throughout the days, it went from rumor 
to kind of like we think Henry Cavill's being cut out, and then yes, and now apparently Michael B. Jordan is going Superman. Is this the rumor? Like, of course, the day was a rumor. Yeah. We have a new Superman. Yeah, it was towards Justin Black Panther, and they, uh, but we'll yeah. I'm gonna just wait on anything like that. If, until we if find Michael more B. Jordan is Superman, uh, I've I, I know a lot of people who are like, oh no, you can't make a black Superman. Yeah, you can. I'm totally fine with it. I think he would be one of the the best choices for it, and he deserves a good superhero movie where he gets to be a hero. Uh, that Fantastic Four movie. What Fantastic Four movie? Oh god. <laughs> yeah, but for yeah, I definitely want to continue talking about DC and DCU versus point, but we probably should uh, move on to other things. We got a lot to discuss. But how about? But I was thinking maybe Wars Aquaman comes out in a few months. Yeah. Wonder Woman comes out next year. Have a if we still have anyone listening outside of our loved ones at that point we should definitely yeah we could, we, we could do that. a we could do, do a, a whole, whole we episode just on that of, yeah exactly um in other news uh there's rumors that uh Jordan Peele's being tapped to redo Candyman uh because I, as Tom put it for some reason they're taking him as a savior as a genre because of Get Out being so good yeah I think that can be dangerous um you could make one really good movie. I don't know, and I'm not saying Jordan Peele's not going to make great, great movie, but I feel like putting so much on him because he's got it's like a third or fourth thing. He's like executive co-producing. Yeah, because he uh, black uh, black Klansman. Uh, yeah, he did few, do black. He Klansman. did. He did uh, produce produce he, that. Or at least they threw his name on it because they did Bloomhouse, and Bloomhouse is working on that. So it's like, ah, uh, here's you know, just throw your name on it. Yeah, it might Jordan. be completely fault. I haven't looked, and I do apologize. Uh, yeah, I, I, and Lovecraft Country is coming up with H- from HBO. Uh, the adaptation of the uh, of the Matt Ruff novel. Yeah, I actually was at Matt Ruff's panel at Crypticon last year. Yeah. Um, that was that was pretty cool. He was on a couple panels with me last year. It's good stuff. I, I enjoyed somebody in the audience asked him because uh, uh, Lovecraft Country is you know a predominantly African American story set in the fifties, and um, Matt Ruff is an older white gentleman, and somebody just straight he up asked, in Seattle, <laughs> and he's just like, uh, so why are you? Uh, are you writing about this? And he actually gave a really good, succinct answer as to why, you know, anybody can write anything. And I, and I thought he really handled it well because the person was, uh, you know, pretty yeah. aggressive about it. And uh, now he's... I asked him at the adaptation panel he was on with me at the um, at Crypticon what his involvement is with the upcoming series. He said, he's, you know, he's hands-off. He's kind of letting them do their thing. But they offered him to be more active. And he's like, no, nah, I'll, I'll let you guys do your thing. I did my part. You got yours. So I'm just going to see how, how it turns out. Because, have you read it yet? No, I've actually yeah, not it's, read uh, it. Yeah, it's episodic in, in a way. That's in, in a good way. Or um, more serialized, I guess. Uh, where each part can literally be its own episode. Like, I don't know if this is going to be a full-length TV show or a mini-series, but it's like almost written that can be adapted into like a five episode miniseries that this happens is always what's cool it almost seems like longer form short stories that make up one bigger narrative but not in like not like say like a trick-or-treat sort of way where they're not really related they are fully related but they also could be read kind of on their own without missing too much okay and that that's not meant to sound dismissive at all it's just the way that it's written and it's actually a really well way of doing things it allows them to tell tells him to tell like different types of story without being like, well, your tone's a little different now. It's like, well, the tone's meant to be different at this point. Um, so that, you know, that's coming out. Uh, of course, that we went off, off topic with that, but yeah, I'm not sure about him redoing Candyman. Like, Candyman's fine on its own, and I don't want to, you know, okay overuse with, him. Yeah, I'm okay with the idea of taking 
certain horror movie villains like Jason and Freddy and Michael Myers and even Candyman, Pinhead kind of thing, and continuing to make movies. Because, you know, they did that with Dracula and they did that with you know, Wolfman and Frankenstein all that good stuff. But my, my, my issue is they, they got to put something new on it. I mean, mm. you can't just do that's why That's where that Nightmare on Elm Street remake just fell flat. Yeah, they, though I did like the Friday the 13th one. <laughs> but I, the Nightmare on Elm Street one was, yeah, that trying was like to replicate. films in one. So I, yeah. I, I, I like that one. Yeah, they just tried to replicate it. And uh, and then also, yeah, Tiff was going on or just finished up and got some good re- remarks out of that for a couple of movies like just Roma and Ballard or Buster Scruggs. Um, uh, I'm excited what, for that The Hate You Give movie. Yeah, that's that, coming out in a few months. And uh, Funny story on that. So anybody familiar with Dinesh DeSalle's Death of a Nation, Hillary's America, knows that the audience that typically goes to that, and I will talk in depth about this movie later, uh, but I was I was at a screening of that with my fiance, and they showed that trailer for The Hate You Give before this movie, and it was just a bunch of old white people in there, and you could hear a pin drop. Like, there was a... I looked back, and they just had, like, the mouth agape. How dare they show that film to us? So, uh, I've seen that trailer about three or four times now. I'm really, really excited for that. And, um... I, did, did they premiere Creed 2? I remember hearing... I don't that, think so. Not or yet. maybe it hasn't played yet. It's not yet. Out. Yeah, uh, I, I've been hearing I'm that's coming. I follow the news. Um, they did, you know, play Halloween, uh, which has gotten very positive responses i mean Uh, i haven't read the reviews and the number on that score has gone down a little bit since i posted posted that but yeah it's yeah i always take a lot of horror reviews with a grain of salt um even even if movies like yo get out getting and uh shape water isn't really horror but it's close enough uh of like amazing reviews like i'm not one of those people like you know the critics suck because they disagree because obviously we write about this stuff yeah (laughs) but it's uh Something like that, I can see people just dismissing and trying to find fault uh, straight up by just simply existing. That's what people did with the new It. Yeah. Is that but movie was... people saw it and it did get reviews, though. But it did get it... reviews, and then, but a lot of people in like the horror community yeah. were like, oh no, it's scary at all. It's like, ugh. And uh, speaking of It, uh, they've talked a little bit about the next chapter, which yeah. they're going to have the ritual chewed, chud uh, in the... In in the book, in the in the book, it was a really trippy metaphysical part of the book. Is there's a lot more going on. Um, those who have read it or read a lot of Stephen King know there's a lot of connections to the Dark Tower universe with that and what Pennywise is and that. It's all, but that's a whole different thing. But I'm interested to seeing how that that would happen. That um, the director and writers have said that uh, that this this chapter is going to get really weird. <laughs> At- and I'm very excited for it. Uh, like I said, it was was great. I think it was probably the best, my second favorite film of last year. Um, it, it took like a, a mammoth film to like knock it out. It was really great. Um, and, and I thought it was genuinely scary. I mean, I thought it, it did use a couple of jump scares, but it utilized really well. And the I like, projector jump scare actually oh got me, and it was well done. Because none of the jump scares were really were, were fake jump scares. No, they were um, like. They yeah. happened. And it wasn't a tension undoing one, like, say, the nuns. <laughs> uh, they really cast um, the kids well, and I think that they cast the adults well, although, because they finished shooting, as far as I know. Yeah, that I think so. I, I really do think it's going to be good, and I'm hopeful that, you know, a year from now we can talk about it being on the best of our 2019 list. I hope so. It's come this time next year. And uh, one, one more bit of news I wanted to bring up was... Uh, 
this made me super excited as a as a goofy horror fan. Uh, Bloody Disgusting, uh, for you know, one of the the biggest horror website out there. Um, I think they're the biggest, followed by Dread Central. Um, the uh, Bloody Disgusting announced uh, a little film series. I saw that. Uh, like on the, this gonna be five features over the course of three weeks. Uh, on the twenty seventh of this month, I think. I've heard right down the dates. They're showing uh, the House in Shorty Row. A week later, showing two Amityville movies like uh, nineteen ninety two. It's about time. And um, are they showing the lamp one or they, they are the showing one? the lamp the one? Lamp one. <laughs> um, it's like that's how you get to the later Amityville movies. Like, the one with the lamp or the one with the the clock or the one where nothing happens. That's most of them. So I think this is actually six and seven. Because I think four's the one with Potty Duke, five's the one that has nothing to do with the house, and then yeah. you have the house again. Um, of course, the Amityville movies are fun because they're, it's a series of like 16 movies, and none of them are any good, if you ask me, at least. I haven't seen the, the new one, Awakening. So. I thought the first one with like James Brolin was okay. I did not like the role, um, and I've seen that, and I've seen the uh, Ryan Reynolds one, which was not great. Yeah, that one's sitting right there, my two watch shelf. <laughs> Man, it is watching it, me too knows I talk bad about it. Yeah, I hear it. Um, and I, I have seen the Lamp movie. Yeah, so I went to VHS. I will, I will be going to that. What, well, yeah, I, I, I asked off for work or, for it already. I got everything set up, and uh, I put it on my calendar. So I'm going to... If I don't make any of the three weeks, I'm going to watch the Amityville ones. Yeah. Um, and yeah, go to BuddyDisgusting.com and look it up. Uh, the closest one to Seattle, if you listen to Seattle, is in Auburn. Yeah, Auburn. Uh, and then after that, it gets probably about like 100 miles away to the next one after this. So that's a kind of an odd odd pick. It, I would expect to show up yeah, in Auburn different a... cinemas than Auburn. But, hey, hey it works. Like, I expect it to be Arc Lodge or something, like Dredge Central Presents. Or, but, um, that kind of died. I haven't seen a new one of those in a while. Uh, yeah, I asked Heather about that, and she said it's kind of working. They're, they're doing a lot of stuff with the with the releasing what they currently have. Uh-huh. Um, okay. No, no. They, put out, they put out everything currently on disc. I don't know if Terrifier's on disc, but the other ones are... And uh, so they're promoting that right now. And then there's a couple going direct direct to video that they're not putting in theaters. I think there's one next week that's coming out. Um, I remember seeing on Dread Central about that. And um, actually, I wanted to bring up then later on when I talk about shout outs. But, uh, uh, and then trailer wise, a couple new trailers popped out recently. You talked about Halloween. Oh, uh, Halloween. I delayed watching that for a while, but you and Kim talked talk me into it. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and just some new trailers that I saw like last night when I went I went and saw Apparition Finale, which I will be talking about. Um, I really think that uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. I need to see that trailer. Drew Goddard makes me so happy. So oh my god, it's got such a star-studded cast too. I'm like, it's either going to be an absolute mess or it's going to be amazing. And I want it to be amazing because Jeff Bridges is an evil priest, and I think it's going to be fun. Is he finally getting over his? <clears throat> I don't know my voice. There. Is he finally getting over his uh, his scratch, scratchy uh, uh, Mr. Cogburn voice, or did he go back to his real one yet? Uh, he's gone back to his real one. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I'm tired of this. <laughs> he did it last year for Kingsman two, and uh, I never even saw. I've never seen either Kingsman movies. No, the first one's good. The I, second one is is crap. Yeah. <laughs> Without going into too much detail or. Getting into a full review. I'm just going to let the crap and leave it at that. <laughs> um, and Marvel dropped today a uh, trailer for their uh, animated series coming up, Marvel Rising, uh, for Disney XD, and it looks really funny. With Squirrel, Miss um, Marvel, Camille Call Inversion, uh, uh, Spider Gwen, and uh, 
Patriot and a couple other people. So it's you know it's kid based, but it looks a lot of fun. And of course, you know a lot of kick ass lady heroes, which is always amazing to get more. Yeah. Uh, get more of, and we're saying this as a middle aged white dude. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I can't identify with any heroes in, in in cinema anymore. I don't know. There's not enough white guys out there. To it, it's so true. I don't know what I'm gonna do. No one that that cast is a white man, so I, I don't know if I can watch it. Now the trailer is it looks like it sets up the season pretty well and looks like a lot of fun. And then uh, Netflix dropped the trailer today for Thou to Buster Scruggs, the new Coen Brothers movie premiering uh, in November for them, telling six different uh, Coen theme Coen esque Western stories. Okay. Um, it looks to be pretty funny and kind of off kilter as you expect for Coen Brothers, but they also it's weird. But the movies they, they attached to the from the makers of was uh, No Country for Old Men and True Grit, which completely in tone different than the tone of the trailer. But then again, it's Coen Brothers, so you don't know what you get until you're watching it. Yeah. And then you watch it again, like, that was amazing. That's weird about them is, like, I love them. I love everything they've done, even Lady Killers and Intolerable Cruelty. But the first time through, it's like, what is going on? And the second time, when you know the full stories, when everything kind of settles in and you can't see where they're doing because they tell narrative story they tell their stories with a slightly different narrative flow than the most directors do speaking of westerns did you see the trailer for the sister brothers no but i've seen the uh tiff reviews come out it looks really cool it looks pretty interesting i i i was thinking it was gonna be more it's like part comedy part serious uh, Joaquin Phoenix is a little weird for me, but, um, I do like John C. Riley, so, I mean, it'll, it'll probably be something to see, because thanks to, uh, I'll give a non, um, shill, uh, shout out to, uh, AMC, I hope you're listening, AMC, <laughs> give me some free MoviePass stuff, uh, yeah, MoviePass kind of died, but, uh, that AMC fan pass or whatever A-list. they have, A-list, $20 a month, and I... I have a theater right by my house, so that's how I see most of the stuff that I don't, like, go see with friends. Like, um, there's, you know, like, Operation Finale. Like, oh, it's 8 o'clock on a Tuesday. I want to go see a movie right down the street. AMC, please fund me. And uh, so, uh, any other trailers or thing throughouts you want to do before you get into the topic at hand? Um, I saw the Dumbo trailer. Well, it's a movie. <laughs> Michael yeah. Keaton! Michael Keaton, yeah. So that's something. I'm, uh... I don't know. Dumbo's such a depressing story. Yeah. I'm like, oh, don't It's been a that. long, long time since I've seen the actual movie. But uh, I should uh, Hopefully the crows aren't as racist this time, though. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing I thought when it's like, are they going to keep the crows? <laughs> um, Jesus. It looks like a human story this time with Dumbo as part of it, rather than Dumbo being the focus. At least the trailer I saw before. Yeah, that's kind of the... Uh, where it kind of starts to be like a different thing, and then it reveals, hey, this is a Dumbo trailer. You're like, oh. Oh, okay. okay. And Tim Burton continuing to... Eventually they'll let him... Like, I don't know, there's a whole different set of things here, but I'm feeling that, like, everything I see Tim Burton do lately, it's kind of like, he just keeps begging Disney, can I do this project I want to do? Like, yeah, if you make this for me first. Yeah, you gotta make and this... Then, Oh, now how about you make this for me first? Can yep. you make this again? It's like, and he's like, can I please have my creative output? Because everything he's doing now seems kind of like... Now, I'm sure he didn't come to them and say, I want to make Dumbo. Yeah. I don't want to... Or Alice in Wonderland. Because that's often... I know what he did early in his career. Is like, he said, all right, I'll make this if you let me do this. I'll make... I'll make Batman Returns if you give me the money to make it wood. You know, I'll make... You know, Edward, I can make Scissor, Edward Scissorhands with the money that you give me to make Batman. 
and uh, the first, of course, both Batman and Batman yeah. Returns are amazing. Batman Returns is still my favorite Batman movie. Um, but that's, uh, so I'm, I'll, of course, I'll still be there opening day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give it a go. Uh, but yeah, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Michael Keaton's really good. And getting his little career resurgence, thanks to. Yeah, uh, Bert Birdman really kicked that off. And, and then he's, now he's just all bird superhero <laughs> slash villains. The, uh, yeah, he was such a, like, we've talked about fixing the villain villain problem with uh, Spider Man. He was like legit terrifying, <laughs> even when he's just himself with a knife, or talking to Peter on the way to uh, to a homecoming. I would say prom, and homecoming is literally in the title. <laughs> um, Peter goes to the prom. It's a very boring episode of Spider Man. Very boring. We all have to. No, I love homecoming, but talking about something else. Um. But yeah, let's get into the topic at hand. Like you know, it's it's uh, twenty eighteen in uh, September, so usually these type of uh, check ins would happen at the end of July. And uh, I started to work on my own list for this back in that back then, and I got lazy because I'm my own worst editor, which is one reason why I'm working with other people now. <laughs> so uh, so you can poke me and say, hey, are you gonna write this thing? I'm like maybe. <laughs> Speaking of, I will have my little stranger. Yeah, I was about to say, later. I'm like, don't you have that little stranger thing? To it's write? it's uh, another tab open up over there. Nice. I didn't finish it, um, but yeah, you know, we're you know talking about this check into the year of how we think this year is going and some favorites, some not so favorites, and kind of some in the middle that should be checked out. And uh, so, like on the whole, how do you think 2018 is flying for you, like for cinema? I think it's been pretty good. Um, I think there's definitely been some high points. Marvel has put out a couple really, really good films. Uh, you know, full disclosure, I didn't really get... I got kind of got a late start this year. Uh, I moved into an apartment with my fiancé, and we both got laid off two days into the, the year. So I had to find a new job and getting into the <coughs> routine. So the first movie I think I saw in the whole year was, uh, other than going to see Star Wars with my fiancé, was, was Black Panther. That's, yeah, I get February. And I, I think... think that yeah. comes down to, like, right there in my... Yeah, I'm showing Cody a list of everything I saw this Man, year. Man, your list that came out in 28. That came out in 2018. Jesus, <laughs> but I interrupt you. I'm sorry. Oh no, 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 no. that's fine. I, my my list is significantly smaller, but I do have some strong feelings about stuff that I've seen. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Black Panther was the first blockbuster of the year for sure. It made more money than 20th. <laughs> it's 23 feet on my list. Jesus. But yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Uh, Black Panther was, I thought, was a very good film. I thought the last act kind of, it was just that epic battle again kind of thing. Um, Stuff I thought seen before, Flash Punch Kick Kick. I liked Michael B. Jordan. I thought he was a really good Killmonger. I thought he had really good motivations for a villain. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is a, a good, mo- I think a good good villain is. Of course, you know, cheesy villain's always fun, but also one where he's like, I think he's he's not he's not all that wrong. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got a he had a, he has a, he's got a good point, and he yeah. he does make that in the movie. I mean, it's beautifully shot. Um, the lady from The Walking Dead, I can't say her name, and Denai Garin. I'm not trying. I don't know, but she was fantastic as Akoya in that. Uh, I really did enjoy the lady who played Shuri, mm-hmm. Letitia Wright. She um, kind of stole the movie. Oh, what yeah. are those? To use like a meme from like two years ago, but I didn't even know it was a meme from like two years ago. But my wife's a middle school teacher, so she told me it was. Oh, <laughs> like so I just thought it was funny, and it turns out that's actually a old thing. <laughs> yeah, 
Marvel's up and hip with the kids. Yeah. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, I really play a strong lead, and I love anything that Angela Bassett is in. Angela she's Bassett. She's had a good year with just, this in Mission Impossible Six and carried it. I think I hope she's going to be in the new uh, American Horror Story as well. Yeah, which uh, comes on tonight at like ten, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, that's another thing coming out. I I last episodes I watched were in Freak Show, so I'm really behind. Um, so. I've heard the second the the last half last couple seasons have been have been good, but it's I really dependent. I mean, a really quick note for it is uh, the first two seasons, Murder House and uh, Asylum are good. Coven's okay. Freak Show's okay. Uh, Hotel I really liked. Nobody else seemed to. Uh, Roanoke was all right, and I didn't watch Cult because I own nineteen guinea pigs, and I know they microwave a guinea pig in the third episode, so I said fuck you. Ah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I was I'm like, that's gonna be a no from me, dog. And then uh. And yeah, tonight's uh, Apocalypse, and apparently it's a sequel series to both uh, Coven and Murder House. And Coven was my favorite out of the four I watched, and eventually I will get around to the rest. Like, I ha- I own the first season, it's right over there somewhere, and I will, since I'm a completist, I will end up buying the other seasons and probably watch them as that happens. And Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's good to see that, you know, talking about upcoming movies, is that particular trailers, damn tired of the... Uh, Stars Born show or getting it this come out. Please. Oh God! <laughs> every movie since Ocean's Eight has been on every single movie, and you saw my list of what I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> and Ocean's Eight is right there. So I've, no, I haven't really seen that many times since then. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure it's going to be good. I think Lady Gaga is actually a very, very great actress. Yeah, but most people probably people are like just going to find a reason to hate because she's Gaga. I've seen it three times now. <laughs> I'm I'm a little sick of it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Black Panther was. Uh, I, I don't put any of the, the Marvel movies in, in my tops yet. I found them all to be really good, uh, but not uh, in that the top tier. Like, I think I'm one of the few people who... I loved uh, Infinity War, but I didn't think it was great. Like, I personally enjoyed it, but I thought a lot of it was kind of lacking because it just simply goes... It really goes, like, point to point to point to point because they have something to fill and you get so many people. Um, though it is, you know, Thanos is a great villain, and the best oh, thing yeah. about that was... You know, taking someone who we've seen in cameos from them and ma- giving him, making people care about him and instant meme. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as they c- get home, with the time they get home is already Oh, memes. yeah. <laughs> Boom and done. I uh, actually didn't see Infinity War for a couple weeks after it came out. I, I knew what happened. I, I will spoil anything for myself. And I'm, I'm okay with that about myself. I spoil everything. Um, yeah, I thought Infinity War had its definite issues. Truthfully, I'm not the biggest Guardians of the Galaxy person. Yeah, I, <laughs> no, uh, just, I mean, and I get a lot. I, I haven't gotten any flack for that, but like, they're so beloved online. Like, I just don't really like the movies. I like the first one enough. Well, you may not get any more, right? That's <laughs> going James topic. Gunn. Well, more person called him out, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it's a the. Yeah. That's one of those weird issues with it. I'm like, um, I thought the, I, I think that it's good that the characters that did get spoilers. If you haven't seen it and you're watching this podcast or you're listening to this podcast, I don't think I think I, our, I, I, our I think people who listen to this probably have watched Infinity War, especially since it's out on this now too. I like that they're finally gonna just pretty much do the last of the Avengers, the the, the original six for the fourth movie. Because yeah. I mean, the second time through, I realized, oh wait. The original cast and Rocket are left. <laughs> and Nebula. And Nebula, yeah. Basically, oh, and 
Ant-Man, I, I guess, but he's kind of, he's on his own thing right yeah, now. Yeah, I guess. Apparently there's rumors that it's going to evolve because of time travel and yeah. stuff like that. I've heard rumor that they cast an older Cassie Lang, um, uh, that he might come out in like a post-snap world. Since we do in the force getting into Ant Man spoilers, yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen Ant Man the Wasp, actually no, I will just stop right there. <laughs> uh, if you've seen Ant Man the Wasp, uh, have you? I actually haven't. Okay, so never mind. I'll I never, stop. I never saw at. either Ant Man movie. I like Paul Rudd. Uh, I just never really got around to it. I kind of quit halfway through Age of Ultron though. I, I took a Marvel break for a while. I did not like Age of Ultron. Don't tell that to my wife, Allison. You don't hear that. <laughs> I thought Civil War was good though. That kind of got me back into it. And then, you know, you have to see Infinity War. It's built up, like, eight years of movies. And then I finally saw Ragnarok, too. Which is, still my, which is now my favorite Marvel movie. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, of course, Goldblum's in it, so you can't go wrong. Well, Taika Waititi is the director. <laughs> and you cannot absolutely go on with that. Because if you haven't seen What We Do in the Shadows or... Yeah, that's, uh, like, the best one for the Wilder people. You are, you are absolutely missing out. Uh, so, yeah, if you haven't seen either of those, just stop us right now. Watch what we do in the shadows, and then come back. And then after it's over, watch Hunt for the Wilder People because you need a break. Um, have you seen Hunt for the Wilder People? I've not seen it. It was people. probably my favorite movie from two years back. I ended up seeing it three times in theaters. I loved it that much. Um, and then of course, when at that time if you work in a movie theater, it makes it a little easier. Yeah. Uh, but but however, I saw it was Sif, which I don't get free passes for. So I did. So I paid to see it three different times, and that's how much I loved it. Um, and then uh. But yes, so uh, Black Panther. Black <laughs> so Panther. Black and we kind of looped in Infinity War on that Infinity too. Infinity War, yeah. So that's um, kind of like the, I guess that's covering like two of the biggest movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess you can throw Deadpool in there. Which I, was kind of iffy about Deadpool to tell the truth. I never saw Deadpool. Oh, I've never seen the first Deadpool. You're off my podcast. <laughs> I'm just not the biggest Deadpool fan on the universe. I think he can be funny. He's never really got... It's one of those things he's never got around to. I'm sure the first Deadpool's funny. I'm sure I will like it. When I see it, I will see it. Kind of thing. The second one, however, looks kind of shitty. It's no, it's definitely not, not shitty, but it's... um, it There's... I think there's a lot of structural issues with it. And it, there's a little bit of trying too hard to replicate the first film. And be as funny as the first film. Because it's an issue with a lot of comedy sequels. Um, and... That you know, you have to try and replicate the same same humor, and oh. often ends up replicating the same jokes. So like Super Troopers too, which I didn't see. Is that on that on your bad list? <laughs> I wouldn't even put it in the bad list. I have to hate something to be bad. I was just disappointed. Oh, okay. So I love Su- Super love, Trooper. Love is the first. It's my oh. I saw that in a crowded theater opening night. And it was probably one of the best best nights in the movie theater. My brother gave me a copy of it when I was ten, um, for Christmas one year. I forget how much older I am with you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's actually a good question. I actually <laughs> do. Like I just like something when that came out. I uh, I saw that movie for the first time at three a.m. on Christmas Eve. I stayed up, um, and I was trying to stay up the whole night to Christmas, and I watched it, and I fell asleep <laughs> at five in the morning. Yeah, fair enough. Worth it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, going to uh, one of the, my favorite movies of the year. I'm I'm gonna hold off from what my I have a triplicate for my my favorites because they kind of move around. But uh, since we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier today, it's it, within my top. Um, actually, I have this as my currently number seven, but I'm gonna throw out there. But Black Klansman. Yes, and that will we can kind of tie into that because Black Klansman right now 
is my top movie. Okay, of the year. so if we want, we can we can delay that. No, no, no we that's fine. That talk. We're not really going in like any order. It's yeah, kind no, of right. like I have my order, but yeah, we can talk about what things to be talking. <laughs> we can do. I figure we'll do like a like a more like one through ten yeah. at the end of the year. It's more like you know what we can definitely okay. go into Black Landsman. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It's your favorite. So I'll let, I'll let you go. I, I think it was absolutely incredible. Um, I love Spike Lee. I think he's done some great stuff. You know, I really liked his uh, Malcolm X film. A couple other things he's done. He even did do a the great... right thing. Is is, is an all time classic. Absolutely. And the first date movie for the president for the Obamas. So, you know, we can thank him for that. Thank you. Thank you, Spike Lee. I'm sorry <clears throat> that you're a Knicks fan. Um, I thought that. It's a very important film, and I think that people need to see it. Yeah. And, you know, typically I'm not that kind of person who's like, oh, no, you have to go see this movie. Because you, you you should see it. Uh, it yeah, it's wholly a, a very... Yeah, because it's, it's a mirror of, of all, mirror of the times. Even if it's from the 70s, it's a lot just of as important up. today. It would, we're going to... Yeah, every time you have a political upheaval time, you're going to have films that reflect it. And uh, I will say the star of that movie for me is Topher Grace as David Duke. That is a perfect casting because Topher Grace just plays that role perfectly. <laughs> he plays a good dick. <laughs> just, just a great dick. And he's just so unlikable and he just gets under your skin. And I thought, you know, I, re I really liked the social commentary, obviously. Um, it really, it's true. A clan is still out there. White supremacy is still out there. Ideas that were in the 80s, that's still happening under a different name. You know, instead of uh, burning a cross on somebody's lawn, you just wear a big old Make America Great Again hat. Or burn your Nikes. Or burn your Nikes. Uh, I got a nice new pair of Nikes. <laughs> Ironically ordered right before that happened. And I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not returning. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. And then, of course, Nike sales have gone up. and uh, But, in the, of course, yeah, the ending is... Directly, I don't want to say what it is because it kind of biogassed me, but it the ending cuts right in right into there anyway, and it brings home um, a theme of the movie which I didn't expect to find in there of it's not just a movie, nothing is just a movie, and and you know and people I I have drawing up to people online are like I don't want to be I just want to be entertained I don't want to think about what I'm watching uh, when they something when something's presented they don't like um, every piece of entertainment is political in some way yeah some more than others. Uh, and you can't just go to a movie, especially a movie like this and about this, and just turn it off. And so I think the importance of, of the way the film ended, and something, and we see it reflected through the movie, is do you take this home and you don't keep it in 1972, you keep it to now. And because uh, there's several points, one point in the movie that he directly says, uh, or the other main character says to a different character, is like, uh, talking about. Uh, exploit black exploitation black, black exploitation films just enjoy them they're just movies and she said no these are bad representations they represent these things and he said no there's some entertainment she's like they're not because they're a reflection of culture and uh so and then there's other things in there that that bring that home in more more subtle ways and uh so have yeah so it's it's a very important film like and if it's different type of film but talking about films that everyone needs to see um there's a documentary last year called Who Streets uh, about the rise of Black Lives Matter and it's so important. And You know, I actually haven't seen that uh, yet. I don't think a lot of people have. I don't think a wide release saw it last year at SIF and it was uh, astounding and it really hit home stuff that I can't, that I normally haven't seen or expected that I haven't seen. Of course, I, I fully support Black Lives Matter. I'm, 
Oh, yeah. Um, even as like a like a, you know a middle-aged white guy coming from a slightly privileged situation because uh, my family had, had money and stuff like that is that still not um, you know it's something I still fully support but I still I haven't lived so I can't get behind that and what what stinks like say about a movie like uh, Who Streets people go see it the people who see it are the people who are already involved I, I really wish that people would watch the films from a bit of other perspective and see that because there's so many people on my Facebook or people I see just I know because I knew in the past and lived in South Carolina and such who haven't seen that and don't see that way but will never sit down to watch that, that movie won't sit down and watch Black Klansman and get the message yeah um the ending definitely pissed some people off in the theater I was in uh mostly old and white uh but it, it's one of those things it's true it's 100% true uh, the, st- the movie's not. The movie's not. But the ending is. <laughs> yeah, the, the movie is very, very loose. Very loose. Oh, yeah. It, it's very loose. But... Yeah, the, the back half didn't happen. Oh, yeah. The back half just straight up didn't happen. Um, it would be a lot more interesting if it did. But, um, no, the, the the movie is very important. And I think the ending is even even more so. Um, yeah. I, I think it's going to take... Um, it's going to take a really good film for to knock that off the top for me. Yeah. Uh, Adam Driver, I will also throw out a shout out to him. He did a really great job in that mm-hmm. movie. Um, he there's a couple really tense scenes uh, that involve him and uh, one of the guys who's running the clan in that part. Um, and it's weird hearing Kylo Ren say the N word so many times. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Well, he's played space not too long enough. Yeah, pretty much. Um, of course, I love Kylo Ren as a character. I can throw it there. There and right there, I'm putting all the scholarly rents around my around my house, and uh, like yeah, the entirety of that the movie. Every time those scenes happen, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm like, is it gonna happen early on, and we have to deal with it that way, or is it happen later? I'm not gonna say when everything comes. Yeah, but it could happen like at any point, and because you can, it's kind of hard to tell see exactly where the story's gonna go, because um, you the trailer is essentially just a setup. So everything else, yeah, after the first like 15 minutes is is there. And uh, <laughs> saying a little bit of it, but I did enjoy seeing the Steve Buscemi's clone or his brother. If, if how he's oh my seen. god, that was like lifelike. I'm like, <laughs> Steve watching. Buscemi? It's like, no, it's 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 not Steve. It's his brother. I looked at him and I was like, that guy's just like Steve. Um, and then I'm gonna totally use this as a segue to one of my other favorite movies of the year. Um, I know I just did that one, but seeing Steve Buscemi, one of his best roles he's ever done, um, and one of the movie and one of the funniest movie of this year. Uh, the Death of Stalin. Um, I heard about that. I haven't seen it yet. It yeah, pitch black comedy about yeah you know, the death of Stalin, um, and then the power vacuum in the Soviet Union right afterwards, and it's it's uh, it's nearly all verbal humor um, and performances rather than like slapstick. There's some of that. There is definitely physical humor, but it's just backbiting, back you know backstabbing, uh, just you know great use of swear words all put together and just as good as FDR American Badass when it comes to insult uh, insulting people oh um, I remember that was an FDR American Badass isn't and, that the one where he fights werewolves or something yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, and Lynch everyone's favorite grandma um, and uh, yeah Death of Song I think is, is out at home and if, if you're a fan of black comedy I it's in Jason Isaacs which is is hilarious too for his little bit there and it's weird because he doesn't normally do comedy um, 
that you know Lucius Malfoy or Captain Hook in 2003, Peter Pan, and other things did like really serious stuff, and here he is just just giving his all too, and everything is so straight faced and deadpan. Um, and Steve Buscemi just as Khrushchev just knocks it out of the out of the park. That actually sounds really interesting, and I definitely am going to try to see that because I do like a good, good horror, not horror movie, but a good, it's like historical, horror, really. historical. Even like that, a lot of that's also true. I mean, and, and it's based upon a comic that uh, graphic novel came out a couple years ago that I haven't read. Yeah, do, um, do they go the route that Stalin just died in his sleep of a stroke, or do they do the go the route of he's poisoned? Uh, it yeah, it doesn't happen really end. Yeah, it's a just died in, died in sleep of a stroke. It's not really about after, but then the. It, there's, it's funny around that too just the way people act and um, the world that he built around him and how people have to, to be um, and then uh, Andrea Riseborough is in there as one of his daughters and she's great and uh, she's also in a movie coming out that I've heard really amazing things that hopefully see this weekend called Mandy with uh, Nicholas yeah, Cage yeah, just wanted yeah. to throw it out there that's I'm going to see it tomorrow night uh, of course we'll be negative two nights when this I'm trying to put this out on the 15th we're currently recording on the on the 12th um and then hopefully by the time you listen to this there will be if you're still listening um 57 minutes in uh 52 minutes in whatever you're at that the uh the reviews will be up on the site for at least for my review if anyone else has seen it at that point we'll see uh, I, I will definitely try to see Mandy um yeah my schedule gets kind of iffy uh, I definitely want to go try to see Predator this weekend. Yeah, that's also my plans. I'm going to try probably Saturday night. Because I'm doing a... Uh, for my work, they actually are... They let me pick an event to sponsor. So I get to go to Zombie Fest on Saturday. Oh, cool. So that'd be kind of fun. And I figure I might just go see Predator after that. Nice. I'm planning on going to the, uh, Renton, the Renton uh, Comic Con. This little mini thing happening in Renton, Washington. Oh, yeah, Renton. It's also this weekend, so I'm, in, I'm going to check that out. I tried to get that to be my event. And they said, no, you're not getting a $500 event. I'm like, man. But I tried on that one. Um, so, um, the other favorite movies you want to talk about, and we can, after that we can move into our, our um, not favorite, uh, our not favorites or things that we should check out. I'm going to throw out, um, Hereditary. Damn right. Yeah. That's one of my top three. Hereditary, I think would be a, it's number two for me. Um, I love Tony Collette, and I've loved her ever since she was on the United States of Terra. She plays such a great lead in this, and it really is just a just a gut punch of a movie. Yeah, like there is no comfortable scene in this movie. It just exudes unease, just nastiness. And, yeah, you know, and it, being somebody who's lost a um, a parent, it's. A really good grief story about how you deal with it and how you i mean granted uh, i i was never possessed or nor did nobody got their heads cut off and i was spoilers <laughs> but um it's just a gut punch i mean first did you think that the first thing is going to be the the thing and then and then it just bam and then it just bam it's not even just like a movie about grief it's a movie about like a black hole of despair of grief like she's like guilty for for her she feels guilty for the way that her grief is manifested and yeah. i found that a lot a lot different because you cause you see in a lot of even serious uh, well that of course hereditary is serious and heart attack but um drama, regular dramas that that aren't involving uh you know everything that happens in that of people like 
am I feeling the right way? Or I see that a lot on Reddit where people talk about they lost someone that it's like, I'm not really reacting the way I expect you to react. Or, yeah. And people are mad at me for not reacting the way I'm supposed to react. And uh, she even makes a really good point is, you know, she says, I don't know what I need when she's at that grief canceling meeting. And I don't know if my family can even be what I need them to be. It's got such power to it. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely scary, but the overall just absolute despair, I like what you said, the black hole of despair. It's just so, it is like the most hopeless movie. Yeah, I was like, I just felt broken after watching it. Like, and it takes a lot to like for me to break, break me. It's like, it's a uh, hereditary and Mars frontier movies <laughs> or maybe Gaspar Noel. <laughs> the ways to like, kind of just like, just go down that path. And, uh, I took my fiance to it and she was, she cried the whole movie. Yeah. It's like, I'm pretty sure I will when I watch it again. And pretty sure I, I, my wife will. when when we watch it, like I have it, like I picked it up as soon as it came out and I was like, all right, we're going to watch this whenever you feel like you're ready. And whenever that we know the rest of the night's gonna suck. <laughs> I didn't even know how bad it was gonna be. We I went into it relatively blind. It's like I knew yeah. I knew the the main like mid twist and I knew that happened. But I yeah, didn't that know. was a surprise. Like, that was um I didn't think they were gonna do it the way they did it. I knew that a certain thing happened. I didn't know how, and I didn't know how traumatic it would be for everybody. God the, the shots that happened afterwards is just I mean, you don't like, and the way everything moves is not the way you expect, which is why there's a lot of pushback from a lot of the general public. Or, um, and then, of course, now there's the pushback in the horror community of like, oh, it wasn't scary as they expected it to be. Uh, you know, sometimes horror isn't meant to be, you know, oh, I'm coming at the screen. Well, the people who say, like, you know, it wasn't, it's not as scary as expected it to be, or people like to, you know, shit on anything that's, that's good and coming out. Same people didn't like, who just, you know, saw it follows months, la- months later and like, uh, or, you know, The Witch, or It Comes at Night, who's one, who are like, kind of looking to, oh, I wasn't scared, and that that great thing everyone loves, oh, I didn't like it, that's oh, yeah. a great thing. The Contrarians, I think, are coming. Oh. They're the ones coming out the good work, now it's on disc, and people didn't yeah. see it the first time. Actually, Hereditary wasn't great. Mm-hmm. No, no, it was. You're allowed to not like it, but you're not allowed to just be that way about it. Um, another movie I'll throw out there for my best part of is I will put out Christopher Robin. I haven't seen it, but, um, it's a very sweet movie. Um, I grew up, my mom loves Eeyore. Mm -hmm. Hi mom. If you're still watching this, you're a champ. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I thought it was so well done and it's so just damn cute. It's, it's impossible to watch that movie and then leave the theater in not a happy mood. The complete opposite of hereditary. (laughs) Is pr- pretty much what it is. Um, it's the design on the Hundred Acre Wood is great. The little, you know, the characters. It's so great seeing them brought to life like that. Um, Pooh looked good enough that I just wanted to like pick him up and snuggle him. That that's so. And Brad Garrett was really inspired casting for Eeyore. It just makes it work. That's not Nick Nolte still. So he did it for a little while. I will throw out Incredibles too. Um. Worthy follow up. I, I didn't think it was good as the first, but I feel like, yeah. Eh, and very boss takes place. And it and came I, for how many? How many years? Like fourteen years. 40, yeah, fourteen years between. Incredibles. It, it was it was like the exact or opposite. three seconds in in film time because <laughs> it starts in the first one ends. I will throw it out as um, it, it was definitely like the reverse of Super Troopers two. <laughs> it was something we waited a long time for. Super Troopers also two thousand four, I think. Yeah, I think it came out right around. They came out, I think, the same year. Yeah. Now that, I think. Well, 
top out my best list. You know, like I have, I'm gonna have like a full top ten. I think we all are at the end of the year. Um, I have some movies that I enjoyed that were gonna get to guilty pleasures. Uh, do you want to do guilty pleasures and then uh, bad films? Yeah, that's it. Um, first I always want to throw out um, you know, my my personal besides Hereditary, uh, my other two favorite movies of the year have been kind of bouncing around between when you ask me is Annihilation. Uh, which is just as weird as weird can get. good things. And it has probably the scariest sequence I've seen in movies, and that's, you know, coming from what I've seen. It's legit terrifying about three-quarters of the way through. Um, but, you know, the Annihilation is also another one of the movies that sends people in different directions. Either you love it or you hate it. Um, and I, I, I get the people who, didn't, who, who hated it. I, I'm not going to shit on them at all. Um, but it's, it's a different sort of movie and doesn't give a lot of answers. And it... But what's great about that is it doesn't take the audience for granted of over-explaining things. And that's why I think a lot of people checked out. Um, one, being weird. And two, not getting an explanation for the weirdness. The the way that... But the way it's presented is like a lot of people can piece it together. Like, oh, I see what happened there. But without being directly told, there I was thinking as I was watching it, there are certain scenes that I feel a less capable director or a less trusting director, in this case the director being Alex Garland, um, his first directing job after writing, oh no, his second directing job after, because he directed that Ex Machina as well. He, he wrote um, Ex Machina, um, and he wrote The Beach and 20 Days Later and a whole bunch of um, other great great movies. Um, and Ex Machina is another movie that doesn't hold your hand, that lets you figure out things. Um, and then I'm going to, uh, completely different from anything else I talked about, kind of like um, uh, Christopher Robin, but 8th Grade, uh, is the most heartwarming and heartbreaking, um, but more in a, a softer way than, than heartbreaking like Hereditary was. Yeah. Um, it's 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 like a, it's a real slice of life that actually feels like a slice of life. Elsie Elsie Fisher is like any awkward eighth grader. Like, you know, I was in eighth grade twenty three years ago, and I was talking to someone uh, today at work about this who had also seen the movie. Is like that's me. Besides certain things, but like I that's how I felt. That's how I was. Um, and to any a person who was awkward at all in the eighth grade, it sells it right home. And, um, and I, I've been recommending it to everyone continually and forever. And it's like, no, I don't want to see that. It's like, no, no, trust me, you do. Um, and, and it's like, it's an important film to, for people to see, especially young people. Um, cause it does give voice to that. And it also would, I think parents need to see it with kids. Unfortunately, I'm saying this as someone about kids. Um, but I think. That especially parents with kids in middle school or just in their high school, or just who think and handle it, um, to have very frank conversations afterwards, um, and just so you can, I think it really help would help bridge that way. And so, and it's, it almost feels like it was made and written by well, in a positive way, made by an eighth grader, because uh, he, for some reason, <laughs> Bo Burnham is a twenty eight year old dude. Uh, is he, God, is he really only 28? I feel like he's been around forever. He has. He started doing internet videos like 12 years ago when he was like 16. <laughs> um, so I want to throw it, and I'm not, not going to go talk about them, but uh, Jason Reitman's Tully, um, Won't You Be a Neighbor was one of the best documentaries of this year, um, and Searching is a really well-designed uh, thriller, uh, mystery. It's not the quite as horror as the trailer makes it out to be. Um, and then on HBO is The Tale. Uh, with Laura Dern giving probably a career best performance in a series of career best performances. Yeah, she's I also, love Laura Dern. She's also having a career resurgence right now with Pretty, Pretty Little Liars. Or no, no, that's not it. That what? That show on HBO she's on. 
Um, oh, pretty big liars. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, pretty which, Little Liars is a different one. Yeah, though. Pretty Little Liars is something else, but you know what I mean. Um, and then Wild a couple years ago, and um, it's too bad she hasn't shown up back in Jurassic Park series, so I'd like to see that. Um, yeah, so we're... What do we want to go now? Uh, do you want to do bad, or do you want to do uh, guilty pleasures? Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's do, like, you know, guilty pleasures, or maybe just... Not, this isn't even this could be guilty pleasures. It's more of just, like, movies that weren't in the top that you just want to say, hey, you maybe just check us out, because you might not realize you're going to like this till you're watching it. I'm going to throw out the first Purge. <laughs> I... But the first Purge came out a couple years ago. No, I know what you mean. I know that's the <laughs> stupidest freaking name for a movie. When you're the fourth one in there, and you're going to call yourself the first Purge. So if you want to say the first Purge, no, you mean the first one or the real first one? <laughs> there are some things that don't work about this movie. Um, I thought Marissa Tomei, her plotline was completely not needed. Uh, they definitely they definitely try it. Uh, they do a little too much political comedy with the whole Trump thing. Um, it doesn't work all the time, but it does work most of the time. Um, you know, and I love the main villain. Like the, the or, well, I haven't the, seen it, so I, I don't know what you're talking about. But. There's there's this scene where they're like, because it's only in the set area. It's not the whole country this mm. time. Uh, and, and there's this guy, uh, and he's just freaking nuts, and this dude is just playing this role. And uh, mm. he's just like, I gotta purge! I gotta purge and purify. And, I mean, they haven't even had the purge yet. It's a, it's a new concept. So he's acting like ten purges in. Um, so I thought that was really good. And I really liked the main lead. And I don't remember his name. Uh, but um, it basically winds up being him versus the clan slash Nazis. They're going around killing everybody. Oh, okay. And it turns into a one-man action film at the end. Um it's really good, especially, truthfully, it's a good m- movie to watch after Black Klansman. Um, because it allows you to purge, right? Yes. <laughs> purge the feelings that Black Klansman gave you. You can go see that, because it kind of, the Charlottesville people, you know, with the tiki torches, yeah. you basically have those people in the purge. Yeah. So you I feel can, like it's a great choice to throw them in. So, you know, it's it's perfect. So you can like go see and go hate everybody in the Black Klansman movie. And then go watch them be brutally killed in The Purge. <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't as good as Election Year, I thought. It was better than the first one. Uh, and I think Anarchy was probably the second best. I really like uh, Election Year uh, because I really like Elizabeth Mitchell. And I yeah. thought she did really well. So and I like Frank Grillo. Oh, Frank Grillo's great. I, I was sad to see that Crossbones didn't get more of a villain role in the MCU. But, um, yeah, no, I would definitely throw that out there. Um yeah, I, I, and I've heard the good things about the TV show. Like Kelly Young posted earlier that he's watched the first two episodes and was like kind of blown away. Like, this is better than any of the movies. And the the first movie itself is like Lena Headey's in the you know, Ethan uh, Ethan Clark. <laughs> e, um, if I say Ethan Hunt, <laughs> um, Ethan Hawke is in there, and he's uh yeah, I love anything Ethan Hawke's in. Uh, and he'll, I still need to see uh, First Reformed if anyone's listening. It's like. Why haven't you mentioned that yet? Because like, I haven't seen it. Um, but it's it's like literally the like next thing in my Netflix queue. But it's on saved right now. Um, yes, I still get discs. I'm I'm an old guy. Um, and uh, but I've I've been wanting wanting to see. It. But I think the first I think the first one took that concept and this became a regular invasion movie. Yeah. And then went you know kind of stuck in the wet. Which with like invasion movie sequels, um, I want to 
Strangers 2 is mostly good. There's a lot of things that don't quite work, but the pool scene is one of the, my favorite horror sequences of the year. I have yet to see it. Um, probably, it's one of those ones I'm going to get around to. I just never got around to it in the theater. It was right at that time where I was still trying to get back in the habit of seeing movies I wanted to go see. Um, so I'd like to go see that eventually. Um, I would... What's funny and despite despite this giant list, I'm missing a huge chunk because like getting ready for Crypticon, I watched so many Stephen King movies and so many oh, Lovecraft movies fuck. and so many horror. Yeah, I did a panel on Stephen King movies and I watched them all and all the TV shows. Some of them I didn't rewatch, but I've seen before. Yeah. Um, and that took so <laughs> much time because there's so much of it. So I need to do that panel again at a different convention just so I can get more work out of it. Um. Uh, it's like this isn't like a, a guilty pleasure just simply a good movie that was a surprise um was actually i'm about two because they're related because they're both awful comedy uh, awful trailers but great mo- but actually really funny movies but game night and blockers um are you know two very very funny comedies that trailers didn't represent so you can like talk about going back to super troopers is the first tra- the trailers that were awful movies that was funny because a lot of times building jokes and yeah, it it just without the, a quarter second of of a of a comment is enough to build the scene. Like, uh, any yeah, any time the um uh, the the leads from uh from game night are interacting with Jesse, Jesse Clemens of the next door is hilarious because the way it builds and the way it moves together, and uh, so game night yeah awful trailer hilarious film that um does its concept well but doesn't like lean too much into it. And the trailer of Blockers makes the movie seem like it's, you know, uh, progressive in the way that, like, oh, we're going to stop our, our daughters from making a choice and having sex. Uh, com- you know, it makes it seem like that compared to, like, say, American Pie or Last American Virgin or other things where it's like, yeah, guys go out and have sex and you're not a man to you up. And then you get the female version where like, I'll stop it. But actually, they, I'm in this trailer, they, they, they call that out, like, almost as soon as it happens. Like, it's like, and there are great conversations about where people are at. All the, the girls are at different levels with their sexuality and themselves. Um, and so there's and there's a lot of you know, great dialogue about that. Um, it's not the gross-out comedy that the trailer made out to be, like the when John Cena's butt-chugging the, the beer. That's like the most that ever gets in that way. For the rest of the part, it's... it's I don't want to say sweet, um, but it's definitely a stronger movie than any of the trailers make it out to be. Um, yeah, the game night is gets gets pretty wild, it gets crazy and uh, it just it just made me laugh so hard that it obviously I'm not gonna ruin any jokes. I am not uh, I'm not gonna just like set up something at that the movie will better. Um, so I'm gonna throw those out there. I will put out uh, Operation Finale that I saw last night. I thought it was good. Um, I really liked Ben Kingsley as Adolf Eichmann. Ben Kingsley plays a terrifying Nazi. Um, how Eichmann crafted that middle man, oh yeah, I'm this, you know, just pencil pusher, but you know, when, when in fact he or, you know, he orchestrated the, the Holocaust, he was one of the people um, dr- that drove it. He was at the uh, the, Watan- the Watanasi conference, uh, where they pretty much said, well, we're going to kill all the Jews. Uh, ben Kingsley plays him to a terrifying level. You get to see both the image that he crafted for himself, and then there are parts, parts where this just nasty Nazi breaks through. Um, truthfully, I thought it was another 
movie that you probably should watch. Uh, because that's what's going to happen in a few years. When, uh, maybe to a lesser degree, of course. When uh, you won't be able to find a Trump supporter, a Trump voter kind of <laughs> thing. Oh yeah, no, I was just a pencil pusher. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like, like him or anything. Um, it, it's a good way of looking at how people do try to scrub their own histories to make them yeah. look great. Oh, you know, uh, oh, I was, wasn't that bad of a Nazi. You were still a Nazi, dude. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Isaac plays a pretty good, pretty good lead. Um, I don't think he was great. Um, I, I, he lacked that Poe Dameron charm in the movie. Uh, Oscar Isaac is a saint. <laughs> and, uh, the, the female lead, no, there's not really much going on. They, they, they force a romance between them and it's uh. just not convincing. Larian um, style. <laughs> I don't like Nick Kroll. I will say this to begin with. I think he's not that super funny when he does his own stuff or when he does Adam Sandler stuff. In this movie, he was hilarious. Well, I guess in comparison in to the Nazis, in comparison, <laughs> he provides the comic relief, and I thought he actually acted the part really well. Like he felt like an actual person, you know, like a, a comic, you know, somebody who likes to you know make people laugh and diffuse the situation. Um, I mean, this this can get this movie gets pretty tense. They basically, um, for anybody who doesn't know the story, Adolf Eichmann was one of the uh, architects for the Holocaust. He escaped Nazi Germany after the end of World War II. Actually, right at the end, fake some documents, and he lived in Argentina until they caught him in the sixties. This the movie pretty much takes place over that ten day period. They have him kidnapped for ten days. They're trying to avoid the police around the area because it's a it's not being signed off on. Uh, these are Israeli. Agents going to abduct it, uh, abduct him, um, and you know the movie does a good job of actually trying to make you feel bad for Adolf Eichmann because you know he does have his own family and everything, but then it also does a really good job of reminding you he's still a Nazi. He's still, I mean, there is a scene where he watches five or six thousand uh, Jewish people get shot to death in a in a um, in a ditch, and he cleans you know brains off of him. He's uh, Ben Kingsley plays the role very terrifying. Uh, there's a weird friendship that develops between him and Oscar Isaac's character that I think has a lot of levels that you can, in theory, be friends, be friendly with somebody who's absolutely terrible. Um, but that doesn't stop him from being a terrible person. I think that's the entire point of the of the movie. I don't think they were ever going to be best buds, but there's a certain human connection that if you were to meet Hitler, you would probably be able to have a decent conversation with him, but that doesn't change the fact that he's Hitler. You know, uh, I, I have a brother like that. Um, oh, he's not listening. <laughs> oh, he's definitely not listening. Uh, he is a um, Confederate flag-wearing gentleman, despite us growing up in Washington. Um, and yeah, no, I, I can have a perfectly fine conversation with my brother, uh, which I haven't had in a while, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's still racist, and I, I still hate his political views. Um, yeah, that, that, that movie, I feel like it left something on the table though. I, I feel like if with a different lead, I don't, I don't know why Oscar Isaac just doesn't play in the movie well. I just, I don't, think, you I don't, don't think it was the right role for him. He's in a lot of movies just in the last little he's while. Over Between Star Wars and Annihilation and that, and, uh, there's a whole bunch of other things he's been in recently. Um, but I would just on the, on the whole, uh, I mentioned earlier, Dredge Central has put out sort of so recently, Dread Central presents, and they're doing a lot of the theatrical releases um, and VODs for uh, small movies that may not receive a lot of attention otherwise. Um, and then, so anything with their label on it, um, I, I've, I've 
all the ones I've seen, I've at least liked. Um, some of like more than others, like Zombieology, Have Yourself a Good Time Tonight, whatever it was called. Didn't quite work for me. Um, it, they That was the first one they did in theaters, doubled up with the Turbo Kid, um, which is the shorter and better movie, so they should have put that second. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but Imitation Girls was a solid, if not great flick. Um, Lodgers is a good gothic ghost story that also almost gets there but doesn't quite click um the i haven't seen terrifier but i've heard it's for people who would like you know, this, you know slasher gore flicks which i i do love um and i was gonna mention this earlier like when it comes to horror i like just about everything i do love a good ghost story um good but you know gore it up and i'm happy to like there's nothing there's yeah. not any part of the genre i'm like no i don't like that um i'll watch horror or not i watch anything you shove in front of me it's like hey you might like it's like okay i'll give it a shot um and uh they, they put out a the uh kane hodder documentary to hell and back uh which i've heard also is really good and uh, my favorite my favorite what they did this year is director's cut um which is a pen Gillette, uh starring movie um can't remember the guy who directed it with him but he wrote adam rifkin uh, and he wrote and directed with adam rifkin and it's a uh and it's presented as like as a direct uh, as an insane director's cut of a movie with his commentary. So which weird for the DVD has a commentary on save a commentary of a commentary, uh, where Pendulette plays a um, a Kickstarter backer for for a movie that's being backed, who then takes the executive producer credit or whatever he gets one step too far. So he comes to the set, he gets obsessed with Missy Pyle, um, doesn't like the way the movie's going, tries to interact. Um, so what he's presenting to us is the disc as it is released with his edit of it uh, and talking about it. So it's really meta and, and like several different layers. So it's really cleverly done. It's hilarious also. You know, so it takes takes the piss out of uh, Kickstarter back project, which it was. I don't know if it was Kickstarter or Indiegogo, but that same type of thing. It's So by being itself, but also of how commentaries are done or how people get in, too much involved in these type of movies themselves and, um, and about how these people become obsessed with stars who don't, you know, really care for them in this case, or become stalkery like he does, um, like he ultimately does. So I'm not going into details further, um, but it is an absolute riot, and uh, so that was one of my that was my favorite thing I saw at uh, Dread Central Presents um, this year, and I know they have a couple different things on the on the schedule, but um, and there's, they just really started putting these all out on disc, um, so if you're at a convention, pick them up. If they're selling more online too. Um, and support like and Dread Central is amazing, an amazing site um, with great people there. I know Steve uh, Steve Barton, I'll creep just retired from the site, um, but I've known him since back in the Fangoria days when he used to work at Fangoria. Um, it, him and the people around him are all, all good people. Cool. Uh, do you do you want to put the nun on this list? Eh, I don't know. The, uh, I think the nun was 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 good fun. enough, but I don't know if it's even there like it's definitely an enjoyable time with movies for me i'll put the nun and winchester on this on this particular portion where they were good but they weren't great um i think jason clark who played the lead in um winchester is going to be great in the new pet cemetery that he yes. got cast in uh, and, uh, i like helen mirren but uh, overall that movie was you got a really good setting there the winchester mystery house granted they play some of the stuff up but it's a good setting and I feel like they could have done more with that. Because you see, what, four rooms? So, like, sorry, the, yeah, it's, got... it's literally, like, the third movie on, like, my worst list. I hated Winchester. <laughs> like, so much. I was I was angry. I was, like, I, I was like, 
I was angry, angry, mad, angry, mad, angry, disappointed walking out of it. I'm like, that could have been so much better in so many different ways. The Winchester house is definitely something that they're going to have to eventually go back to and try to do it correctly. They did not do it correctly this time. Uh, the Nun, we both have a reviews up on the site if you want to hear our full thoughts, but it was good, wasn't great. Um, it, it's definitely better than that Annabelle movie, that first one. Not yeah. the second one. Second one, uh, second one's probably, yeah, better than The Nun. Do we want to get into worse? Yeah, let's go ahead there. Isn't there another movie you want to talk oh, about? Oh, there I'm is. I'm pretty sure there's another Shaq movie you want to Thank mention. you for <laughs> telling me. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. Because, like, one person saw it, and that was you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I apparently might have been the only person to have ever seen this movie in the theater. And it was Uncle Drew. And it is a movie based on an ad campaign by Pepsi. This has all the ingredients to be the worst film of the year. But they actually pull something watchable out of it. Um, Kyrie Irving, uh, starting, I believe he's, I think he's a small guard for the, uh, for the Celtics. Uh, he sure. plays the main character. <laughs> um, the, uh, the guy from Get Out, not the main guy, but the, the friend. He yeah. is, like, the main, like, character that's driving everything. He's pretty funny. Uh, Tiffany Haddish, she was just been everywhere this year. She's yeah, pretty the, funny in the movie. She's got a couple movies coming out, but, like, the, the one she's with Kevin Hart coming up looks hysterical. I know. Uh, Night School. Night School looks really... I really yeah, like that. That won me over in that trailer. I'm like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> Honk if like you like Chicken out. or the Lord. That, that I, I, I really do want to see that. Tiffany Haddish, she's really hilarious in that one. Uh, the highlights for me are the basketball players themselves. Kyrie Irving actually plays a surprisingly... Uh, despite being in his early 20s, mid-20s at this point, um, plays this convincing old man. Um, Reggie Miller, I've always liked him from when I was a kid. He was funny. Nate Robinson, but the main reason that I really love this movie is I have an undying love for Shaquille O'Neal. I think Shaq is just hilarious. I think he was a great player, and he was my favorite player growing up. Yeah, so I'm probably biased, but he plays a ex-basketball player who is a karate instructor and gives the good Shaq Fu he gives some good Shaq Fu he has a <laughs> heart attack in this movie they do a heart attack with him uh, and then Lisa Leslie who was the, the WNBA's first real star was in this um, I think Chris Webber was also in it um, which I found to be weird because I always thought Chris Webber hated Shaq and vice versa but um, yeah, yeah, funny. It's, it's funny Pepsi owns them so pretty much it's it's actually it's actually got some funny jokes. It's got some decent heart in it too. There's actually some pretty interesting conversations that these characters have. Um, it's not going to win any awards. It shouldn't win any awards. Um, but considering it was started as an ad, it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I didn't see. I didn't realize it came and went. The but I remember seeing the trailer once, and I don't know if I can watch the full feature. I uh, want it's not really my my wheelhouse. I'm not a basketball fan, uh, but also it's. That, that old age makeup was really distracting. Like, I would spend the entire movie just, like, watching the makeup. Yeah. And not in a good way. As it would just seem like bad makeup. <laughs> well, and Shaq is old. Shaq and old Reggie makeup, Miller. Old, old age makeup is hard to do. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. But uh, the ones they do on Shaq, Chris Webber, and Reggie Miller aren't really necessary. They're already in their <laughs> mid-50s. Mid-50s and wow. that, that old. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, yeah. um, but, you know, like, they, they don't need to be doing the gray makeup. I mean, you could do a story of underdogs with being older with, with, with them already. Um, but, yeah, no, that's definitely going to be my uh, my guilty pleasure flick of the year. And uh, I, have, I have one on that, too, which uh, 
now people are going to hate me for this, but, and maybe because I was on an airplane, apparently you're more likely to like movies on the airplane and be more affected by them, yeah. but I really like Peter Rabbit. I've heard good things <laughs> about it, surprisingly, um, though. No, it's not like this Paddington 2, which is still one of the best movies of the year, um, number four, um, which, that's talk about later, but I was, like, and, uh... Maybe because Dom Hall Gleason was in it. He's one of my favorite working actors. Uh, Rose Rose Byrne, um, and uh, Sam Neill. Who I'll watch anything with Sam Neill in it. But actually, I thought it was that it was besides a handful of um, obvious pop culture references and things that didn't fit. For the most part, it was just you know light but entertaining. Uh, wasn't too cloying. Had some clever jokes and some clever. Uh, um, some clever gags moving through f- both, you know, physical and, uh, and verbal. And, uh, so it really like, won me over, but also read that, you know, when you're watching something on a plane, that oxygen is a little weirder. So you're more likely to like, cause I've heard about people like just bawling their eyes out watching like movies that you normally wouldn't on a plane. So I'm like, Hmm, do I need to reassess this? <laughs> cause I watched it right after watching Rampage, which actually I liked better than I expected to. Um, so I'm like, all right, did I watch two mediocre movies <laughs> and really like them? Cause I'm like, you halfway through flying back from Edinburgh, <laughs> or am I actually legitimately enjoy, enjoying these movies? But you know, I probably won't see either one ever again. So I'll just leave them as they are. Um, then uh, I do have a couple really bad movies. If you want to go first, then okay. I want to start off. Um, I don't know about Tim, but I'm probably going to be the one who covers the really bad religious films. I can't and... watch this. The Dinesh D'Souza movies that they come out with. Um, I have a worst film of the year. Um, I'll probably do that one last. But I will put out God's Not Dead 3. It's what you think it's going to be. It's surprisingly less hateful this time around. I think they actually finally started to listen to people. Because um, in the past, if, if you know a uh, internet meme... Um, the the atheist professor one that gets defeated by the brave soldier in a debate. Uh, it's basically that movie for the first one. And then uh, anybody who's not a straight white Christian, um, with the exception of the two characters, are played like absolute villains. Oh, they're all strawmen. Yeah. All of them. Every single one is a strawman. Um, you know, the uh, Muslim dad beats his child for being a um, Christian, and the atheists are all terrible people who are going to wind up in hell and it's it's everything um they they try to like do some like meta stuff in the third one like oh yeah christians are so hateful um and then they're like no we're not and then they they kind of meet it in the middle at the end um i like david a.r white i'll say that um he's the actor in all the christian movies pretty much um he's been doing it since he was fuck like 15 He's pretty funny. He's got a good screen presence. Kevin Sorbo, he does some shitty religious films as well. A lot of them lately, according to Brad Jones. <laughs> oh, God. He went off the deep end. Yeah, I can't watch TV, so this make me mad. I, I'll just get upset. I, I don't blame you. I'm a definite kind of breed. So I can't watch, watch the, your worst movie either. It's like, no, I'm just going to get mad. I'm oh. seeing it angry. I'm not going to put myself. When I saw God's Not Dead the first time, um, I was just beside myself that somebody could write a movie that hateful. Um, and they, they've made worse ones since then. I think Let There Be Light was really bad. That has Sean Hannity in it. 
Yeah, that's bound to happen that way. Persecuted, yeah. I've heard it's really. Oh my god, persecuted! It's like I let I let other people watch them, and I just watch their reviews of them. James yeah. Rimar walks through that movie, just sleepwalks through it. Yeah, <laughs> from the clips I saw. Um, no, I'm I got mad at. I, I get really upset at the uh, God's Not Dead 2 trailer because I get really, really, really excited because I saw Ray Wise in the trailer. Yeah. Like, Ray Wise, Ray Wise, Ray Wise. No! <laughs> what are you doing in this? If it makes you feel any better, he basically plays the devil in the movie. He's played the devil like five other times. I, I, so. I know, and they basically just like. He's Go like watch this, Reaper. Go watch Reaper right now. This sneering <laughs> atheist lawyer for the ACLU that's taking down this brave Christian professor. And, you know, he's just playing it like. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's, he's enjoying himself. We'll prove that God is dead. Well, thing I've never seen Ray Wise not enjoy himself in a movie. True. So, Reborn was amazing. TV. That was a TV show, though. Yeah, but it, it was great. It was, it's I amazing. like that show a lot. And where's the. Oh, I got a little Ray Wise right here. Showing him to the camera. Of the camera, other thing. Oh, possessed by Bob Ray Wise. Um, spoiler alert for Twin Peaks. Um, for a 30 year old show. Uh, then uh, I I think of course I mentioned Winchester, but um, I think probably my least favorite movie of this year. I'm gonna go into non theatrically released movies uh, here to say the Day of the Dead remake. You know, try three. I was gonna bring that one up. It's useless. It's unneeded. It doesn't get the point in Day of the Dead. Nope. Uh, it makes the Bub character into a rapist. Ish. I know! And then we're supposed to like him later? And like, what is going on here? They renamed him Max, and they make him this creepy dude, and what's with her? Like, her co-worker's like, no, he's fine. It's like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure he can rape me. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a whole different thing there. Um, you don't need it. Uh, this is what, after Contagion, and there's another one that Steve Miner did a couple years ago with, like, Mina Savari. He's like... Oh, God. Yeah, I remember that. That happened. one... With uh, with Ving Rhames as Captain Rose, who dies yeah. twenty minutes into the movie, and which what's weird about Bloodlines is that what's it called? Yeah, um, Bloodline. Yeah, um, about Bloodline is like it can't. It seems to play both ways. Like, oh, we're a Day of the Dead remake, or no, we're just a zombie movie that happened to have the name on it. They couldn't really commit to either thing. There's definitely DNA from Day of the Dead there, but it's like is it? I think I wrote in my review for it. It's like it's as if someone read the IMDb synopsis of Day of the Dead and then wrote the remake script based upon that. Yeah. Hey, is my phone looking at this time? Oh, we're good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, truthfully, that's pretty much what that movie is. Um, there's a... Yeah, it's like, oh, you know what? I can, I, I, can, uh, I, I can do that. That's like reading the cliff notes of something. I'm like, I got it. We got it. Yeah, they made the Bub character just terrible. What is up with them in taking the Bub character? And they did this in the last one, too. They made him some kind of weird dude who had a crush on somebody. In this one, he's rapey. In the last one, he's not. Um, but it's like, come on, that character was not supposed to be that. That was, a, that was supposed to be an intelligent zombie that, through training, gains back some of his humanity. This was just like, oh, no, he's he, he's in love with somebody, so it's fine. I'm like, well, dude. The love or the, the lust is what keeps his humanity yeah whereas this one they explain with science like well all the diseases don't bother me you know it's what it's something they got I don't know yeah 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 yeah. they introduced at the beginning oh yeah I'm that where they they, they get yeah they, they he's like Wolverine like and yeah fights it off <laughs> yeah look Wolverine can't fight it off I've read those comics actually it's been about 12 years and if he did I don't know um 
but yeah, that was just made me mad. And I, I'm, I was generally in this this conversation. I've been trying to avoid the yeah you know, the VOD releases that no one's gonna watch, but um, and stick to the stuff that people know. But I just had to mention that because it's. And I'm trying to, I don't know if it just literally was that bad or just so angry because that was, Day That is my favorite zombie movie. It's my favorite of the, of the of the Romero ones and just favorite generally. So when that's mistreated, it's like you're hurting me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I was, you know, I was born outside of Pittsburgh and I grew up in Pittsburgh and then grew up a lot in the South. I mentioned that too. But I consider myself from Pittsburgh. So, you know, Romero's where it's at, you know? Do you want to mention Slenderman? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Slender Man was bad too. Oh. Um, that's just a movie that took an interesting concept, uh, did nothing with it, didn't w- anything they tried to do different. I feel like got studio interference because if you see the trailers and you see the movie, half of the trailers not in the movie. You can tell multiple scenes got cut out. You yeah, can you tell just that jump they jump in and out of scenes with no setup. Yeah, no conclusion. It's uh, there's points where I was watching I'm like, wait, where are we? Okay, this is where we're at. Oh, what? Huh? But I never say. No, no, no. I mean, I, I completely agree. It's like there's no cohesion, like, and the Slenderman's powers change. Um, I mean, I, and the rules change too, because in, in theory, like the, uh, we're gonna go into spoilers. It's like, do you have rules or do you not? Yeah, you know? get, get, well, it's get, like the the Grudge doesn't really have rules, so it can do whatever it wants. Yeah. But other things do, you know, like it follows has a rule set, which it kind of breaks too. But you ignore because it it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I could have looked past it, but it's just a bad movie. I, I mean, like, there, there's, there are scenes where... So the main four girls eventually all get taken by Slenderman. Spoilers. But the the, the sister, who they introduced to Slenderman later... And then vanishes shoot. from the movie. And then comes back in the movie. Yeah. She vanishes for, like, 80 minutes of the movie and then comes back. And she, despite having the same thing happen to her and being introduced to Slenderman, is fine at the end. They save her. Nope, no, no sacrifice or something. Yeah, I don't understand. There's like, yeah, and there's like no build to it. Like, like movies like The Ring, it's like, you know, it's like they took, yeah, it, it's, it, there's a setup there that then eventually you get to that. But you're like, I was like, well, what, we're at a slumber party. What, what do you got? What are the guys doing? Oh, they're probably, you know, they're probably doing a Slender Man. What's that? Oh, watch this, watch this video. And they literally search Slender Man and they just watch the video. It's like a yeah. rumor is going around. And then it almost seems like it's a rumor going around school, and it's not. And like, what, what drove me not to like and realize this is where it's heading is like in the first time the the first girl was taken, she's like they're at uh, on a school field trip, which it takes a little bit to realize that's what's heading on. Yeah. Um, and then they're like she's looking around the woods, and then it cuts, and it's a little bit darker, and some girl, the the other three are leaning against uh, a po- they're leaning ultimately against um, it's a gravestone, but it's just a gray backdrop and they're on the phone's like hey where are you but it's like it's just like day later and they're just trying to get to her. no she vanishes there's no expectation of this like it just happens yeah it's just she's just gone and but the rest of the scene continues as if we knew she was gone yeah and um and then it happens multiple times like characters walk in to a scene that's already happening but we don't see the first half like in the lab like they walk in and there's always conversation we missed and then it stops and then they reference stuff that happened that we didn't see and then one character is the main character in one scene, and then she's mad at her. And the other one is like, is Joey King's movie? Is it the other girl's movie? Um, and like one scene, like lately the main, the, the one main is not Joey King. Um, she's like, oh, yeah, Slenderman's took my, is Slenderman's attacking us. Slenderman's doing this, and then Joey King's like, oh no, it's just just some weirdo on the internet. 
next scene that's reversed. Yes. Where the girl's like, no, this is a bunch of crap. Nothing's happening. Oh, I'm going to the track meet. I didn't mention I like track. Yeah. Uh, and then um, and then the uh, then Joey King's like, no, the Slender Man's real. And now you suddenly care about your your track meet that you didn't mention before. Why didn't you? No, that, I remember the first time they brought it up is they're going to sacrifice something to the Slender Man, something they love. It's like, oh, you didn't bring any of your trophies. I'm thinking, what, what? trophies? <laughs> and it turns out it's track. Uh, I I just. And then they, they make Joey King into a villain at the end, and then they completely undo her villain turn. Yeah. I mean, I thought, in theory, she was going to try to kill her, somebody to, like, get herself out of the Thunderman situation. No. She all of a sudden... They yeah, go, she sets up the, the, the sister, as if she like, makes sure to watch the ring video, and then just kind of, like, someone's watching the ring video, and then, like, stepping in front of Samara and says, no, take me instead. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, no, that's why you did this. Yeah, that's exactly why you did it. Um, yeah, you no, know, like motivations change, characters change. It it feels just it's just it's a sloppy film lazy. across the board. Um, I, I saw someone online say it was scary to me. They sound like would you never see any other movies? Um, but yeah, that was just a mess in every sense of the word, and I cannot believe it was actually. Well, it was like dropped in August, the middle of like oh yeah, a bunch of other things. Then we get perfectly well, so it's going to come and go. The um. It came out, you know, around the same time. Was that actually a movie I probably should mention in the uh, in the uh, guilty pleasures part? Is Unfriended Two came out around the same time. And Unfriended Two was actually pretty decent. Unfriended One, crap. Yeah, I liked it better than most people did. Um, it's not as it's a not as good version of the Den. Um, I loved the Den. And, the Den uh, was really good. Actually, I think this one's more like the Den. The, the Den wasn't was wasn't supernatural. Right? It was, there was no supernatural. Yeah, so in the Den, no. Um, Dark Web is, is like is, is like the den. Um, and it's uh it was yeah, it was actually well done. Like I felt like well I was watching a den. Uh, but yeah, then twice now searching has come out, uh, which uses that same concept in much, much, much better way. Um, but I don't want to talk about spoiler search searching all before spoiling it. Um, but yeah, that's essentially uh yeah, you know kinda of went off topic, we've kinda of gone over the place and less hour and 40 minutes <laughs> I will bring up one more bad movie because it's the worst movie of the year it's Death of a Nation by Dinesh D'Souza I that movie is just I mean it's not as bad as Hillary's America it's also less entertaining than Hillary's America it's basically Dinesh D'Souza his entire shtick is he'll take historical things and he'll intentionally manipulate them to make it seem like they're the same things Yes, the Democratic Party supported slavery, but the Democrats at that point were Southern-based and conservatives. They've now, the party shifted multiple times, but most notably back in the 70s. And he basically tries to make the case that Republicans are still, uh, even under Trump, who he compares to Abraham Lincoln in this film, they are still the good guys. That they are fighting for everybody and that the liberals are Nazis. And that uh, they even say that the Nazi platform, he even says, well, isn't that something that Bernie Sanders would support? All of his document, it's not a documentary. It's him interviewing a bunch of people who are, he's preaching to the choir. Uh, he ne- even interviews Richard Spencer, that freaking guy who helped um, organize Charlottesville. He tries to say that Charlottesville was caused by the left. He tries to say that uh, Richard Spencer himself is an Obama supporter, despite him like being at Trump rallies, having his own Trump rally, doing the Nazi salute and yelling, Heil Trump, Heil Victory. 
Dinesh D'Souza just, and, and, and the audience I saw it with, it pissed me off even more. Because, you know, it's all these old white people that just think that they know that they're way. And that they think that, you know, it's the best thing ever. And that Trump is great. Hillary's evil. They believe everything that they see on the internet. I'm going to take that little clip and put it separately. Okay. It's going to say, Trump is great. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you're dick. I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh, thank God. You've, you've ruined me, brother. Was dear mom? <laughs> said, no. I want my mom to love me still. <laughs> uh, and it's just, I mean, they, they and they, then the whole thing is, it, at the beginning, it's just a victory lap. Oh, Trump won. Yeah, he did. Because they, they ran like the worst possible candidate against him. And he won basically because he was the mystery box. Well, the mystery box opened and it took a big dump on the country. <laughs> That, that's that's exactly what's happened. Pandora's uh, shit. Trump is just, you know, if, if, if you're a Trump fan, um, I can't imagine that too many of them are listening to our podcast, but uh, you're free to have your opinion. It's just stupid and wrong. <laughs> um, I It's just, we're at that point, and I'm just, I call it, like, I see it when it comes to stuff like this now. Uh, that's why I liked Blank Klansman so much, is that Spike Lee wasn't afraid to just say it. No, no, no. Trump's not just says some racist stuff once in a while. He's a racist. He's been a racist since he was born. His dad was in the KKK, something that they conveniently omit from the movie. Um, it's just, come on. It, it's it's preaching to the choir. Uh, and I will say that audience, fuck you. Just hard. You are terrible people. And why did you feel it necessary to not give this movie one standing ovation, not two, but three how? How do you justify that? First of all, no movie should get three standing ovations. There's there's no point for that. But he, he paces his movie so weirdly. Like, there's random songs. Just Oh, he'll just play the national anthem at the end of his movie. And then there's, there's another 15 minutes of the movie after that. <laughs> um, yeah. Dinesh Giselles is a bad person in, in, in real life anyway. Uh, so, it doesn't surprise me that he makes terrible movies. He is a, he's a felon, despite getting pardoned by Trump. He knowingly broke a camp, campaign finance law, and he went to prison for it. That movie was terrible. It was the worst movie of the year. It would take an absolute mammoth effort for it not to be the worst movie of the year. And you notice he pumps him out every two years for some good election propaganda. So I will have another angry rant in about two years. For, when he gets the next one. Yeah, he'll, he'll find out whoever the primary opponent is. It'll be Biden's America or Sanders' America or Warren's America. And I mean, at, at this point, I'm just fully expecting him to say, oh yeah, the, the, if, if Bernie Sanders were to become president, he would just genocide everybody. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's be genocide audience. Sound good. Now, if someone's actually still listening before you even got to that, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, if you're still listening, thank you uh, to our inaugural podcast. Um, I'm gonna hopefully have this up somewhere. Obviously, if you're listening, to it, you found it. Um, but uh, go to our go to the website. Go to City of Geek. Favorite it. Save it. Bookmark it. Whatever you want to call it. Share it. Um, yes. And and to any of our totally read stuff. <laughs> To any of our friends who happen to write, um, you know, or direct or do any stuff, you know, feel free, shoot us a message. We'd love to, you know, we definitely put an article of yours on the site, you know, or have you on the podcast. We definitely want to, you know, make yeah, friends. It's like, it's, it's all new. Like, everything still looks a little iffy, but we're working on there. Uh, Kevin's working on a logo. 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 
Uh, I can get this podcast up, figure out how that goes. Uh, we'll work on getting a YouTube channel started as well. Basically going stealing Brad Jones's <laughs> midnight screen. Stealing everything. And along with other things we might be working on. Yeah. But uh, so everything, you know, it, it's new. Where it, it takes a little bit to build. So thank you for listening. Um, Very Definitely any uh, constructive cre- feedback would be would be great. Like Bob, slow down. Bob, enunciate. Um, Bob's not going off at tangents like this one. Um, but yes. Come, uh, yeah, check us out, and thank you for listening uh, all the way through Cody's mom and Nicole. Yay!